Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this day. Um, Man, thank you for your people that gather together. It's just a beautiful thing, God. And we know by your word that when, uh, you know, each of us, God, your word describes us so many different ways, but as stones that roll together and make your temple. And God, I know that you're here. Your word says where two or three are gathered, you're there among them. Lord, I pray that would just sit in our hearts, that we take that serious and that we rest and, man, just believe, believe that you have something for us. Uh, Lord, even if the message is imperfect, the word is true and good, and I pray that people would get get that, uh, get something from that. And Lord, I pray for those that are hurting, those that are angry, those that are broken, confused, lost. God, I pray you would move tangibly in their life today in a miraculous way. Pray for protection and your guidance. Lord, help me to preach your word, only your word, and I wouldn't get in the way. And I'll give you all the glory. In Jesus Christ, let me pray. Amen. <clears throat> How you guys doing today? Today, you may notice that it's not uh, red letters, which I'll explain that momentarily. But in the meantime, um, I need a volunteer. But before I get to that, now no one's going to, shouldn't have said that first. If you are, and it doesn't have to be, if you're married or you have a sibling that you're close with here, some kind of family member you're close with, you can, you, you're a part of this if you want. Raise your hand if your spouse and or relative that's in this room, they have to be in this room, Okay. If you guys have different tastes in music, y'all a bunch of liars, because I'm going to get in your cars, and I bet you it's not on the same station. The husbands are like, I ain't raising my hand, it's going to start a fight later. Uh, Raise your hand if you have different tastes in um, television. Uh, Raise your hand if you just perfectly match in every single way. You're a fibber. All right. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, okay, so one of those people that raise their hand with any of those those things, okay? If your spouse is in the room or your brother or sister, if you're willing to come up here and just trust that I'm not going to uh, humiliate either of us, raise your hand. No one. Okay, good. Perfect. Looks like it's David Nemo then. <laughs> Give him a hand. <laughs> David was not prepared at all. He was reading his Bible, getting ready. <laughs> He heard David, he goes, oh, anyway, perfect, let's start here. Do you guys have the exact same taste in music? No. There's such a hesitation here. It's a social experiment. Okay, what would you say is most different between the two of you when it comes to taste and things? Nice. Heat. Heat. Okay, who likes it what way? Hot. Yeah, that makes sense. Cold. Me too. I'm a cold. Okay, so um, do you guys ever, are you ever drive, what about television? Do you guys watch the same stuff? So not naturally. Okay. Okay, good. Do you want to share what, the, like, what's, you don't have to embarrass each other. What's one thing you don't like to watch that he does? Uh, like, really, like, watch shows, shows with subtitles. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> nice. All right, and what, 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 what don't you like that she likes to watch? It, it grows on me, but I don't like it. <laughs> no, I want to pause real quick. He made sure to preface this so that later when they're watching Cupcake Wars, that she's not going to bring that up. Yeah, okay, so, Cupcake Wars. So, and this, this part's serious. How much do you guys, um, do you miss work arguing over the shows that you watch? Do you miss, um, do you skip family events or church to argue over, um, what was the other thing? Let's see, we said music was the other one. You guys had? 
Thermostat. Yeah, right? Do you skip work to debate over the thermostat? Why not? It's not that important. Okay, good. Give him a hand. <clears throat> Listen, and <laughs> thank you, David. You know what's funny, though? It's a good opportunity to share your shirt off. First, shirt off. First thing I said today is, I love your shirt, man. So maybe I did that intentionally. Um, yeah, listen, the bottom line is if your family, now sometimes we argue over small things, but most of the time you guys in here aren't going to miss work, okay? You're not going to miss something important arguing over the thermostat, the music, uh, the television show. It's not going to happen, right? The reason being, even if it's super important in the moment, and let's be real, every single one of y'all have had a dumb argument that has become the most important thing in the world in the moment. But in the big scheme of life, it's not the most important thing. It's not. You know that. You intrinsically recognize that in the scheme of your life, it's not worth getting fired over, right? It's not worth, um, you know, destroying your family over the thermostat. We don't have time to argue over the small things because, frankly, we have more important things to do, all right? Keep that in mind for a second. And that's just family. I want to talk about, <clears throat> clearly we moved on. You're saying, Todd, today's a big day. I'm all over the place. It's a very exciting day. If you chose today to come back in a long time or it's your first day, you've come in a very exciting time because, for me personally. Because we've got this new series. Todd, why did you, we just started the other series? I know. i got to follow the Holy Spirit. And two, at the end of this today, during announcements, if you're the person that bolts immediately, you shouldn't. Because I've got some exciting stuff to talk about. But... It must be important, okay? It would have been much easier for me to continue along in the message series that we're doing, right? Words of Jesus, they're right there. Plus, everybody knows I love me some gospel. But I think this is a really important topic, and it's going to be a series probably three to four weeks. And I encourage you, if you're a Christian, you definitely should come. Even if you're not a Christian, you should come because I think it's going to help you understand some things about why the church acts the way it does. But if you're a Christian, you should come. I challenge you. Now, some of y'all is like, well, if you challenge me, I'm not coming. It's hard to know how to appeal to you. But that's what we're going to talk about, and I'll, I'll explain all this in a minute, but I needed to segue. So I'm going to show you a short video, and I was actually shown this. Mandy showed me this, I believe, earlier. You guys know who Corey Asbury is? Raise your hand. Yeah, about five people. No, I'm just kidding. You guys know the song Reckless Love? Big, power, important song. Yeah, huge song. Now, it's funny about Reckless Love. Absolutely, I love the song. I love the song Reckless Love. And what I found out, I'm still shocked at times, is that there was a big debate, apparently, for a time, because people said, how dare you, Corey, because God is never reckless. You are tramping on the sovereignty of God. Anyone ever hear any of this kind of battle about this song? Yeah, I find it completely stupid. First of all, it's a poor understanding of the word reckless. Go read it. Reckless means I'm going to do something without worry of danger to myself. So Corey Asbury, we'll get back to him. Yeah, so he this um, little clip on his Instagram, and all you guys love the gram, I know you're famous, hold up now, don't be playing it yet, stay with me, <laughs> I gotta set him up, anyways, uh, he, he plays this little clip, and apparently it's a song he's working on, so I want you to hear this little clip, okay, I'm gonna ask you a couple questions, and then we're gonna talk about a few things, go ahead. Sometimes marriages don't work. Sometimes babies die. Start it over. Start it over. He started over. It was kind of muted at the beginning. <laughs> We're all over the place right now. Sometimes marriages don't work. 
Sometimes babies die Sometimes rehab turns to relapse And you're left just asking why And for all the prayers I pray I still wonder if he's real And if he is, how is he choosing Though he does and doesn't heal I tried to run from Jesus I started holy wars I tried the patient waited And the kicking down the doors I've cursed his name in anger With my fist raised to the sky in return, all he's ever been is kind. What do you guys think Sometimes of that? What do you think of that? Could you hear it? Did, did that speak to anyone? Even that little part, right? <clears throat> he, there's a line in there he said, and this used to be, this was my, this is the question of Christianity, by the way, for a lot of people when I first became a Christian, the problem of pain. I used to say little babies in the hospital. That one, that one hits me, right? And he said, I don't know if he caught it, he said, you know, why does he heal some and not others? Something to that effect. <clears throat> Speaks to a lot of us. Raise your hand again if you've been there in, in your faith. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> I want to jump to uh, some comments that are under this song. Okay? Go ahead. Throw it up. If you can't read it, don't worry. I just got to give you a visual. I'll read it. I blacked their name out. Even though I was thinking about this, they put it publicly. I didn't really need to do that. But I'm nice. So the first one here says, if you, you probably can't see it, it says, only takes a quick scroll through the comments to remember why I left the church. You're like, oh, that's pretty weird. <clears throat> Person below, this is kind of nice. Yes, love that you're not afraid to get honest about your relationship with the Father. It's not all something in giggles. It's not all fire and hell. Thank you. Thankful for your voice. It's reaching people. Okay. <clears throat> Moving on. <clears throat> I'm, gonna, I'm starting kind of good here, right? So this is how I read it, because it starts at the top, right? And then you work your way down. It says, the other thing I'm noticing with the negative comments is they're mostly from corporate church leadership, Christian influencers, and prosperity gospel pushers. And for all those who are discouraged by the negativity, just remember, judge Christians based on the actions of Jesus. Do not judge Jesus based on the actions of Christians. That's good. For humans are weak and will always lead people astray, but Yeshua is the same today as he was 2,000 years ago. There are plenty of Christians who lead with love that aren't just selling their time, wasting their time selling Jesus merch and commenting hateful things on Instagram posts. Hope healing finds those who are struggling in 2023, and they shared John 16, 33. The comment right under that says, nail polish fumes getting to you, dot, dot, dot. That was to Corey, not to that comment. So... That's their only comment. Oh, your nail polish fumes must be getting to you, dot, dot, dot. <clears throat> They're mocking you. You don't, you don't get that. Next one. Comment says, I've met atheists with better theology than this, dot, dot, dot. Person below that says, Corey, thank you for giving language to the paradox of a gracious, kind, and loving God <clears throat> in the realm of questioning and wondering that humanity goes through on this side of time. As one who's gone through these dark seasons with the Lord, these lyrics strike a chord in my heart. As long as we direct our anger, our doubts, our questions to the Lord, he will always answer, whether we like the answer or not. Jesus isn't threatened by our questions. Rather, he is in the conversation. Love you, bro. Well done. That's nice. Next. Uh, this is the kind of witchcraft music that keeps people in bondage, not even biblical. 
Next person says, these kinds of comments are the things that separate believers in the church. Satan wants us believers to argue with, look down, or hate one another. Because of minor theological opinions and knowledge, sometimes all we need to remember is the gospel, the fact that we're sinners. God sent his son Jesus to redeem us, and for that we should be eternally grateful and worshiping for his goodness. We need to stop tearing others down because we think we know everything about God. We obviously don't. Now, there are passages in Scripture that help us understand the sovereignty and justice of God, but our tiny human brains can't possibly comprehend everything. Next comment. Good. This person, false, false doctrine, dot, dot, dot. Someone puts a comment. It doesn't matter. They ended up erasing or something. And then this same person says, I can tell you don't read the word, dot, dot. Jesus healed all who came to him. We don't go by our feelings. We live our lives based on the word of God. Just blow the dust off your Bible and open it. They continue and says, where in the Bible does it say not to talk to people in a bold manner? I've had tragedy happen, but I don't live in tragedy. Things may come to you, but choose to have unworthiness. Waving, unwavering, unwavering faith, excuse me. <clears throat> and then the next one should be the, yeah. Crazy when you sit, that what you sing when you don't read your Bible, vomit emoji. This is trash. You would think the devil's bigger than God. <laughs> next, this one, imagine believing that your suffering is all your, always your fault. Tough way to live. Read the book of Lamentations. This sentence is so interesting. Where literally many, many babies died, LOL. <clears throat> Their point being, how can't you tell? Lamentations talks about this. Babies die, LOL. By the way, the comment section is filled with people who say, I lost my baby last week. I lost my baby two years ago, you know, et cetera. This song is encouraging. You can, you can put it down. When I read things like that, I two things come to mind. The first is Galatians. It'll be on here. Galatians on the screen, chapter 5, verses 13 through 15. It says, For you were called to be free, brothers and sisters. Only don't use your, this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but serve one another through love. For the whole law, this is, listen to me. I know, it's, tired. it's early for some of you. This is very important. That sentence is very important. For the whole law is fulfilled in one statement. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out, or you will be consumed by one another. Apostle Paul's talking to the church. He's talking to the church. This isn't to unbelievers. <clears throat> and the second thing that comes to my mind, and I, listen, when I say this, you're going to be like, yeah, that's Christianese, but I want you to really let this sink in for a second. Let this sit in. What would Jesus think about that, that entire interaction? What would Jesus think when he flips through and reads through these comments? What would Jesus think about that? <clears throat> I wonder if the people that write some of those comments think that in their defense of the gospel. Do they wonder what Jesus would actually think about it? I'm going to ask you a question. Christians or non-Christians, it's for, you don't have to raise your hand, but let the, really hear this. How often are you afraid of how you'll look to other Christians? Be real. Now, every Christian out there is going to say, I don't. Yeah, you do. I'm glad for those who are brave enough, seriously, that are nodding their heads. Me too. I do. And I want to talk about that today. It's kind of what's led me to a place. Man, I've been on a journey. Some of you all think, Todd, you offend people a lot. And I'm like, not really as much as I feel like I'm called to at times, believe it or not, because I'm fearful. Because church people, man, y'all mean right? We're mean. Yeah. How often are you afraid of how you will look to other Christians? Here's one. I bet you this has been you because it's been me. 
Who do you worry about when you think about sharing biblical things on social media? So say you're a Christian, you think about writing something, giving a biblical. Who, do you, who comes to mind when you consider, should I write this, should I not? Is it the world? Is it non-Christians or is it other Christians? Is it your old pastor? Is it the leader of this? Who is the one that's going to drop in and give a comment? Who do you hear negative comments about your faith, your church, your lifestyle from more often? I'm serious. Your faith, Christians or the world? Christians. I'm serious. Now, for some of you, praise God if you're the ones that said, oh, it's definitely the world. That's not the case for me. I've been in ministry now. I mean, it depends on what you want to count. I guess overall, I've been in ministry, you know, you know over 10 years, me being 14 and all, uh, when I started. But a long time. I started out working in a faith-based teen center. And I worked with a lot of churches. It was interesting. It was kind of my first leadership thing in the, with Christians. And I had to reach out to all kinds of different churches. That's what we called ourselves, kind of a bridge to these people that weren't church, these kids. So I, I saw a lot of things. People say I hate the church. That happens all the time. I got to come. I don't hate the church. I love the church. I just think the church is supposed to be what it's supposed to be. We'll get to that. <clears throat> but I've been in this a long time now, I guess. And I can unequivocally, without a doubt, tell you that the number one group of people that has attacked me, this church, anything good we do, are other Christians, without a doubt, not even close. And before you go, someone out there is going to come through some, I see you, grumpy pastor guy, and he's going to go, it's, well, that's because they're of the world. Nah, it's not. It's not. It's that you're, you're, uh, you're looking to shoot some sheep. You're a sheep hunter. Let that sink in, though, when I ask you, the world or the church. What we've allowed to become normal in Christian culture, stop. Be here. This is so important. This is one of the most important things I've talked about in a year or more. I'm serious. Is it really normal? When you look at the Bible, The things that even I accept as normal. The things that I accept as normal. And like that's just part of it. And that's what we do as Christians. Is it actually normal in the sense that it's what Jesus normalizes? So Ryan doesn't like attention. My good friend Ryan, my brother in here, he didn't know this was going to happen. He shared this really cool video this week. And I watched it. He probably didn't think I did. And it was really awesome. I could go on and on. I love that guy. Really proud of him. But it was cool in some ways because the video talks about how, and it's like, oh, look at all these false doctrines that have, Come into the church, all right? And some of them are crazy, like drag queens preaching sermons, right, and strolling down. But you know what I thought was most fascinating? And there were some people in there, listen, who got some really bad gospel in their theology, meaning I don't think they preach the gospel. They preach money, okay? And you should challenge those things. We'll get to that. But they had people, they kind of ranked them, right, Ryan? Didn't you view it that way? And they had the, the drag queen churches beneath Stephen Furtick, he was more dangerous. doesn't matter what you think about Stephen Furtick. If your mind goes, well, that's possibly true, you're crazy. You're saying that allowing someone to come in here and pray for the sparkly diva in a church building to come down and sparkle us with love dust, which was what it said, is less dangerous. I mean, is, more, is less dangerous than, than someone who may, I don't know, 
say things in a way you don't like. And again, I'm not saying I'm a Stephen Furtick fan. I'm just get to that. And that's probably the only name you're going to hear from me. But I thought it was fascinating. The people and the clips they showed for some of these people of what they were saying was not biblical and what they were attacking for. False teacher. Based on, and the clips they showed had nothing to do with the gospel. One was with a guy putting spit on someone's eye. Was it an inappropriate? Imagine I pull you up here and I'm talking about Jesus putting spit and I and put it on your eyeball. That would be gross. I'm not saying I'm not going to do that probably, right? <clears throat> it was gross. But that that's the clip they should go. This guy is definitely not a good. He is a false teacher. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's just an idiot in that moment, right? And he even came out. No, he said it. Here's the crazy thing. He came out and apologized for it. He said I did something wrong. And I'm again, I'm not standing up for theology. I want you to think about that though. That the churches, they got their gun, right? Oh, oh, drag queen preaching. No, that's bad, but I'm not going to shoot. Oh, here's the bad ones. It's funny, too. It's always the really, it's, it's other successful churches that they take aim at. You know, I had a pastor that I, I still really admire. And I'm not going to say their names only because, not because I'm embarrassed, because I don't, you'll see the point in a minute. Two pastors I really admire. Completely opposite. One of them is one you guys hear me talk about a lot, who I admire and love him. I do not think he would admire me. He wouldn't. He wouldn't like my style. He wouldn't, and I don't just mean how I dress. He would not like me. <clears throat> but I like him. He's got a good solid theology for the most part. And I got another guy that was sort of in a weird way, kind of a role model. You think I'm mean. This dude was, he came at it from the pulpit. He screamed at people. You know, those of you who know me know exactly who it is. But that's not why I liked him. He just was one to, to, to confront culture to confront things that weren't true. <clears throat> and they got into an argument, this was 10 years ago, about whether or not the gifts are still active today, meaning the, the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, right? Do people speak in tongues? Do healings still happen? One guy's what's called a cessationist. If you're already getting bored, me too. But listen, a cessationist means, well, I don't believe that any of those gifts are here. Those died. They were only useful for the creation of the church, right? And then the other one says, Hey, by the way, they are, they're in the same camp theologically until this moment. The second guy, they truly are. <laughs> Both can, would have been considered what's called reformed. Okay, If that bores you again, me too. Just stick with me. It's a tribe. And they got into an argument about it, and it became public. And one guy went to one guy's conference and challenged him, and another guy wrote a book, and they became this big argument. Two guys from the same tribe. So me, it might have even been more than 10 years ago, Somewhat young leader in the church trying to grow. That confused me. I didn't understand. Now, the second guy, I'm just calling him Bob. All right, the first guy's name is John. The second guy's name is Bob. So John, who's the older guy, now finally has his ammo against, it's funny, I read an article, so stay with me. So Bob, I think that's what I said his name under, right? The second guy, he ended up, his mega church closed down. You'll be able to figure some of this out probably. If you're hip to the culture. His megachurch closed down. He left. It was because he was supposedly too mean. He was a tyrant. No sexual things. No false teaching. He was just mean at times, supposedly. And they kind of had what was sort of a civil war. He wasn't kicked out of his church. He ended up leaving his own church he started. His founding church because just he's like, I'm not doing this. He left. It doesn't matter. I'm sure he, I believe 100% this guy said things he shouldn't have said sometimes, okay? Point is, he ends up leaving. Now, remember John. John, way back then, even though he didn't like Bob, he wrote, I read the article, he said, his gospel is solid. His theology is solid. Fast forward 12 years ago, now John has the ammo he needs. He's a false teacher. 
Nothing's changed about what he preached. He's preaching again. But now he's not. He's a false teacher. He's a deceiver. In fact, he went so far as to call him a deceiver. But he said 12 years ago, 10 years ago, his gospel, his theology is solid. We have these different tribes in Christianity. And these different tribes, by the way, I could go on. Like, humans are tribal people. We are. So stay with me. What this means is, like, our family units are small, right, when you compare it. That, there's nothing wrong with that to a degree, though some of y'all get a little weird with it because you think anybody that interferes with your, you know, your tribal customs, how dare they, right? <clears throat> uh, but I understand that. But we have tribes within the church, and they attack each other all the time. All the time. One tribe says the other's too worldly. Maybe they're just being, uh, I'm wondering if they're just maybe being culturally relevant. We'll get to that. That tribe says the other tribe is old-fashioned and doesn't get it. Many of the attacks, it's funny, that have ever come against this church or me, very, very, very rarely. I mean, I'm not saying it hasn't happened. Lord, I hope it doesn't. I don't really want to deal with this. But it doesn't come at my theology. Did you know that? It doesn't happen comes at my past, or it comes at the way I speak, or that they don't even have a reason. They don't even have a reason. I'll tell you what I think at the end when I'm not on camera. <laughs> not giving you ammo. Anyway, there's these tribes. I'm serious. And within these tribes, I was going to do this huge sort of example for you guys involving tribes. It would have taken 30 minutes, though, and it just wouldn't have gone well. But we have all these different tribes, and just envision that as you look at the church across the world, and there's these tribes. And the tribes aren't separated by building. That's not true. They're separated by these preferences many times. I believe, you know, that the gifts are active, and you don't. And if you don't, you're evil. And if you do, you're evil. I knew a church, the first Christian girl I ever dated, they said I was a hellion, pretty much, because I wore a Nike shirt and uh, had <laughs> my hair cut. They didn't like my hair cut. She wasn't allowed to cut. I didn't know this. I, again, I've told the story all the time. I thought she was somewhat stylish. She wore skirts all the time, but they were kind of stylish ones, I thought. Uh, maybe <laughs> uh, she, couldn't, she wasn't supposed to wear makeup. She did. She's a rebel. And, of course, I got blamed for that later. Whole other story. But because of that, because I didn't wear, you know, pioneer clothes, I am of the devil, okay? <clears throat> when you look at everything, when you look at Christianity, and if you're not a Christian, I bet you can see it even easier. Is it unified? It's a joke. I say this all the time. If Jesus wasn't real, I wouldn't be a Christian. You're like, well, duh, Todd. No, there's not a duh. There's a lot of people that do. This club's not fun. There aren't a ton of benefits, do we look unified? What, and this is important, what are we showing the world? And make no mistake, friends, even though these people, and we're all separating into tribes, at the end of the day, compared to the world, they look at us as the same. So it's a joke. It's, it's like imagine the family down the street, and maybe you've seen some that are fighting all the time, and they're causing a scene. We've all had those neighbors and screaming and yelling, and things get busted, and, you know, there's always some drama. That's what, they, that's what we are. We're, we're the loud, dramatic neighbors. If the Acts, A-C-T-S, the early church acted this way, what would have happened? If Ephesus, right, hated Thessalonica, 
And Thessalonica hated the churches in Galatia. And the churches in Galatia hated the churches in Rome because of the temples. How dare you be in that town? There's temples to Zeus, Jupiter. What would have happened? We are so often at war with each other that we don't have time to do kingdom work. That's exactly why the church in America is neutered. And I chose the words I said intentionally. God didn't stop being God. His body didn't stop being his body. The Holy Spirit didn't stop having power. So what happened? We're all acting a fool. We're turning it on each other. And that's exactly what the enemy wants. Because we're so busy making sure there ain't no wolves, pointing out all the flaws, attacking each other, that he's just sitting back going, this is awesome. I don't have to do anything. The world can just continue on because you're killing each other. Awesome. We spend, listen to this, this is important. You're a note taker. We spend so much time arguing about what's unbiblical. I wonder how much time is left for learning or living or teaching what is biblical. We spend so much time arguing about what's unbiblical that I wonder how much time is left to live what's biblical. It's wrong. It's not the heart of Jesus for his bride. That's what he calls his church. And don't get me wrong. There are things to stand against. I'm one of them. We did, <laughs> I did a series a couple years ago called Heresy. People didn't like that, right? But guess what the focus of that was? Any message that hinders the gospel, if it changes the gospel, if it adds to Jesus, if it puts qualifications on Jesus, if it says, then it's a problem. We got to stand against it. We have to. In fact, oh, I'm about to, I guess I said I'm going to be who I am. You know, one of the things, a lot of times you look at pastors and everybody's like, man, if they, they struggle with lust or if they struggle with alcohol, we got to get rid of them. But you know, when I look in the Bible, that's not what I see. In the Bible, when it comes to getting rid and being disqualified, you've probably heard that term. What I see is it had to do with preaching a false gospel and being unrepentant. That disqualified you. But we've created this other little cycle here, right? This other place. <clears throat> And that's not popular. And the guy I talked about, John, he'd be there going, oh, you're wrong, young fella. <clears throat> don't get me wrong. And I would say, you're really mean. Uh, don't get me wrong. There are things to stand against. Anything that hinders the gospel, certainly we need to stand against and be, and be bold. And some of the people on that list, right, not just the drag queen. There were some on there. I could say their names. It's one of those times. Do I say it? Do I not? This is, there's some dangerous people. Let me put it that way. People that tend to put themselves in the place of God, televangelists, some of them, they're dangerous people. They are. And we should say something about it because they're, they either don't have a gospel message or it's very twisted, right? If they want your money for their private jet, there's a problem. That's just a, a clue. However, just because your pastor has a nice truck doesn't mean he's one of them. That's not me, by the way. I don't have a nice truck. But you get the point. <clears throat> I will tell you this. Here's a funny story. This is not in my notes. About last year, so some of you in here, the Bennett's particularly, they'll, they'll randomly for some reason, I know that uh, Hales did this as well. So they know that I'm not going to buy basketball shoes. I'm just not that invested. I play a lot. I'm not going to do it. So they buy me these basketball shoes. So I bring these basketball shoes to our basketball. If you don't know, we play basketball every Sunday. It gets pretty intense. And I show up, and we had some pastors there and some people there, and I get it. It didn't seem like a joke, and he said, barely knew that. I don't know this guy. And he goes, hey, uh, wish I had, wish I had the money for new shoes like that. How much money you make? 
wish I, and it was very like, you know, something's wrong with me. I'm worldly. And I'm like, bro, you didn't, these, I didn't buy these. Oh, it was because they're Under Armour. Man, it'd be nice if I had some Under Armour shoes. How much money you make? Must be nice. I'm like, yeah, man, must be. We make lifestyle choices, things to go to war over. So it's like them in the thermostat. They get divorced because of the thermostat. He likes it hot. She likes it cold. We can't be together. Not only that, I hate you, and I want to tell the whole world you're a terrible husband or wife. Why? He likes it, he likes it hot. I'm sorry? Yeah. Right? The world would be like, you are ridiculous. But that's what we sound like to the world. Oh, uh, you hate that church. Why? You're not going to believe this. They think that you should only dunk someone one time when they're baptized. Clearly, we can't worship with them. I went to a college that that was an important thing. This is, here's your note. We take personal convictions. By the way, personal convictions. You may be called to dress a certain way. You may be called to not watch uh, anything above G movies, right? The, the Bible says this. Paul talks about this. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit knows what you can handle and what you can't handle in any moment. So you may not be able to, and I may be able to. Here's another example. Say there's an alcoholic. He may not be able to have a single beer, but the other guy can, right? Why? Because this guy can't handle it because he knows where it's going to lead. This person can handle beers. He's decided I can't even have one, right? It's the same thing. Paul talks about that. He says, listen, there are certain things that you're going to be called to. You shouldn't attack the person. We'll use this. I shouldn't use beer, but I offend everyone anyway, right? Because that's, you shouldn't attack the person that does, just wants to eat meat, and you shouldn't attack the person that doesn't want, uh, doesn't want to eat meat. That doesn't matter in the big scheme of things. So we take personal convictions, and we turn them into man-made laws that we add to the Bible. No different than what the Pharisees did. These laws. And you're all going, some of you all are like, what's he talking about? You, I, you know what they are. The same law that says I can't say crap up here. I just did it. I'm serious. There are people, right? And I get it. I'm not saying I should, but because I say that, they would say I'm a false teacher. Crap. That's a real thing. Now, I'm not even saying I should. It's probably not wise, but is that something to call someone a false teacher over? No. Aren't you tired, and this is a personal question, of being anxious about how you look to other Christians? Aren't you tired of trying to make everything, like being paranoid that everything you say, post, like, follow, share, is perfect and can't be taken wrong because if it is, you'll be kicked out of the club? No, I'm, I'm the only one. I'm about to put a camera on you guys because I guarantee you, you are. You get in this culture long enough, you will. It's not the way. It's not the way, and it's hindering us. It's hindering us. And there's a lot of things we're going to talk about in the next few weeks about this, these tribes and what it really means and, like, where does the line end and where doesn't it. i got a lot of scripture today. I'm going to explain it to you. I'm going to give you some things to avoid the war. We have to avoid the war. Do you understand? I'll say this again. If you don't care about this, that is a problem. You're not in my tribe. Just kidding. See what I did there? You need to care about this. <clears throat> some of you all, some of you all, you know, you're, you're Sunday Christians. You only care about this stuff on Sunday. Well, you ain't helping the kingdom either. 
<clears throat> Perfect. Offended everyone. I want to dive in, and we're going to talk about this, because I'm telling you right now, and I'll say it again, this is not the way of Jesus. It's not what he expected of us in our church, and it's a huge reason why we are, it's the state of the church in America. It's a huge reason. I was listening, I shared this a few weeks ago, I was, I was watching a, do you guys know that there are Muslim apologists? That means there's Muslims that go out and argue with Christians and other people to defend their faith. It's a real thing. I listen to one. All right? Guess what? Um, you know what? The one thing he said to punch me in the face, and he, as he was talking to someone, and, and that person ended up taking a Quran. He said, listen, because the person, you can tell they weren't a Christian, but they came from a Christian background. And he said, hey, look at, you take one, I take five Christians, and I ask him a question. Every single one of them is going to have a different answer. Us, we're unified. It means the same thing. And that guy goes, that's a good point. Well, here, take a Quran. And he's right, isn't he? You take five, ten Christians, what are they going to agree on? Well, they aren't going to talk about what they agree on. They're going to talk about what they don't agree on. That's so powerful, man. It sticks with me. We're going to turn to John, the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. You know this. I bring it up a lot, but now let's think about it in this context. The Gospel of John chapter 13, right? That right, guys? Good. Verse 34 and 35. This is Jesus towards the end as they're getting close to coming and taking him and crucifying him. It'll be on the screen. It says, I give you a new command. Love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Who's the one another? Let me tell you what happens. This blew my mind because I'm a very evangelistic person. What does that mean? I love to tell people that don't know the good news the good news because they're dead and they don't know it. And I remember being dead, and I want people to know. <clears throat> we should all be evangelistic, but, but I am. So a lot of times I remember being caught up, and this lady came to me early on in my preaching journey, and it was funny because we, we, we battled, but she was right here. She came and she says, Todd, a lot of times I feel like you're so focused, and this is good, you're so focused on the people out there that you forget and ignore the us in here. I was like, that's true. And that's a, it's a great example because what he says here is, well, how, we, we can get caught up and think it means, well, how well we love the world, how well we love those unbelievers is how they're going to know Jesus. Don't you say you don't because that's what we talk about. We need to make sure to show them love so they see Jesus. Jesus says you want to show them love by the way you love each other. They're going to know you're different. They should go, those people are unified. They love each other. They're, they're spending time together all the time. They're sharing food, money. They're taking care of each other. What is wrong with those people? I want what they have. Book of Acts tells us that, right? It says, man, we would not handle that today. What I'm about to say, I don't even have it in front of me, but it says essentially they met every day learning, studying the Bible, sharing each other's food, meeting in house to house, and their number grew by the day. Why? Because people said, I want that. Now, you want to play volleyball together, you want to hang out, you want to have a game day, and people go, cult. That comes from other churches. It's not the world. Some of you all in this room have said it. I wish you'd come say it to my face. Sorry, because I know you have. Your little friends rat you out. It's not cultish. 
Jesus himself, they came and said to him, hey, your mother and your brother and your sister, or your brother, they're here. They want you to leave. Come with them. He said, who's my brother? Those that follow the, the law of God, those that follow my father are my brothers and sisters. That doesn't mean your family doesn't matter. But you, if you're guilty of doing that, if you've said that about a church because they took time and your, your daughter, son, husband, or wife had a, wanted to go to this thing, you're a manipulator and you're, adding, you're causing the same problem. It's frustrating. It has nothing to do with Jesus. It's your selfishness. Probably your own weird guilt. Because why? You think I'm judging you by whether or not you come to church volleyball. I don't care if you come to anything. I want you to follow the Bible. Stop thinking, Todd, this is just a personal aside to some of you all. I'm not that interested in what you do. You don't want to come? Don't come. Okay? It only hinders you. Friendly again. I give you a new command. Love one another. Just as I have loved you, you're also to love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples. They'll know you follow me by how you love one another. What do you mean? Because you love each other the way I loved you. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe that if one of the disciples wrote a song and played it for Jesus, that he would have immediately gone, your theology is terrible? If, if, that, if, if Peter played that song, you think he'd gone, look at you. Vomit. Do you think Jesus would have done that? Here's the answer. No. You know it and I know it. And it's funny, it's like some of us, I don't think everyone does it from an evil motive. There are believers who are killing each other, fighting each other, right? There are believers, we're, we're flawed, but that's why we got to wake up. I'm not saying these tribes are all unbelievers, I'm saying that, no, the problem is they're believers attacking believers. They're not loving like Christ loves. That's the question, if you don't know how to react in a situation, you have the Holy Spirit, I promise you this will guide you better than you think. What would Jesus do? Well, that's corny. That's a bracelet. Yeah, it's unfortunate that became commercialized and stopped meaning something, but it's a good question. What do I think Jesus would do here? Hmm, would he spit on them? Probably not. Would he go, Bleh! no, right? What he, if Peter's like, hey, look, Jesus, I made this song for you, and he goes, you're a piece of trash, and your theology is garbage. Bleh! No, he wouldn't do that. Why would you? You think God needs you to be the defender of the faith to another believer? He don't need you. That's the problem. And we need to start standing up for that. How about this? How about instead of attacking and getting, why don't we stand up to those people? Why don't we say, I never hear this. And I've challenged people in this room early on in our church. They're like, yeah, so-and-so. My grandpa said that, you know, you guys are stupid because you have lights, and that's a rock show. This is what I, you know, early on I try to encourage them. But then I go, okay, and what did you say? Your silence speaks volumes, doesn't it? Do you, are you afraid? We've let them take the culture. Who's steering the ship? It ain't Jesus. We let these people, when you don't speak up, when people are claiming, right? But Todd, you're saying not to attack each other. You're right. Unless what? It affects the gospel. I give you a new command, love one another, just as I've loved you. That alone, we could stop and walk off, and that would help with the war. John that I talked about earlier, the pastor, he doesn't love well. I'm sorry, he doesn't. And if he does, maybe he does private. That's what I'm saying. I'm not going to say he doesn't. But I can tell you right now, he doesn't come off that way. Great preacher. Smart. I've learned from him. I believe he's a man of God. But somewhere along the way, he let his theology trump his love. 
his desire to be theologically sound and use fancy words that 90% of Christians don't care about trumped his love. And it confuses people. And it teaches new Christians that that's how we act. We kill tribes that aren't ours. So we're going to move on, all right? Stay with me. I got a lot here today. But we're running out of time. It's okay. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. The Apostle Paul's writing to the church in Ephesus. This is powerful. It's a big section. I'm sorry, 4, 1 through 7. But I want you, I'll try to stop, but listen to it. Therefore, I, this is Paul, the prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk worthy of the calling you have received. Stop. So he says, I want to urge you to walk like this is real, to walk like a Christian. Not to school Christians, right? Guys, you have to do that. You can be a Christian in school, and it's cool, and no one cares, right? You just got to wear a Jesus shirt every now and then. But do you really act like it? Kids don't like when I talk to them. You're big enough to be here, right? I got to talk to you. You guys got it harder than everybody else. See, in school, the kids actually do get attacked for being believers by the world. Anyway, so we should pay attention because he's saying, listen, you need to work, walk worthy of the calling you received. Okay, well, how do we do that, Paul? He says this, with all humility and gentleness. Gentleness, in our definition, in our day, is kindness. With patience. Boy, that's one I struggle with. Bearing with one another in love. I love the idea of bearing with one another. I will carry the weight to love you. When you hurt me, when you let me down, I will keep walking with you. Right? It reminds me of someone carrying someone hurt right over their shoulder. Bearing with another love. Making every effort. Important. This is key. Making every effort. That means try really hard to shoot other Christians that don't agree with you. Oh, it doesn't say that. Sorry. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. You want to be worthy of the calling you received? You must keep every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. If you have to make an effort, guess what that tells us? We aren't going to get along all the time. I don't like some of y'all all the time. A lot of you all don't like me all the time, right? But fact of the matter is, we got the same dad. We got to figure it out. We shouldn't argue over the temperature. Keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is, this is important, there is one body and one spirit. I thought there were different tribes. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to be one hope at your calling. I'm sorry, you were called to one hope at your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. Man, there it is. He says, you want to stay unified, you got to focus on this. Jesus, you're the same. Focus on what you agree on. What does that also tell us? It was happening in the early church. You think he, if they were getting along great, he wouldn't have said this, right? You asleep? I need something, guys. Because, I mean, I can go home today. You are asleep. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Gotcha. Thank you. Listen, he goes, now grace was given to each one of us. I thought it was only this, the Reformed. I thought it was only the Charismatics. I thought it was only, I thought, no. Each one of us, who's us, who believes in Christ, according to the measure of Christ's gift. And he gave, jump down to verse 11. And he gave himself some to be apostles. That's a little A. We'll talk about that someday. Some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing into maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. Woo, that's a lot of words. What's that mean? 
We've been given gifts. You've been given gifts. What's the purpose? What's to go out and evangelize? It's not. It's to build up the church, to strengthen the church. So that the church, right, becomes what it's supposed to be, the body of Christ. People see that. So we reach you in the faith for the work of ministry. Yes, some of it's to go out. You have gifts, not for your glory, not to argue about, but so that each of the believers can grow in faith and knowledge, can mature in their faith. How are we going to know when they've reached it, right? What are we comparing it to? Measured by Christ's fullness, measured by Christ. You've been given gifts to help each of us become more like Jesus. Then we will no longer be little children, tossed by the waves, ooh, and blown around by every wind of teaching. That means every little new teaching that comes. By human cunning with cleverness and the techniques of deceit. But speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way into him who is the head Christ. There it is again. You can challenge things. You can ask questions. But it must be in love. What does that mean? I'll tell you in a minute. From him, the whole body, who? Jesus Fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament promotes the growth of the body for building itself up in love by the proper working of each individual part. Imagine if my left hand, right, started poking out my eye, chopped off my right hand, punched me in the stomach, punched my groin, ripped off my leg. It doesn't matter. Imagine that. And then I'm going, this is healthy. No. That would look insane, right? If I saw you doing that, you have a problem. Well, the head's still good. Jesus is still good. He looks good. Yes, but the body's dying. You've lost three pints of blood. I don't know how much blood's in the body. Jill, you know? Okay, she said a lot. There we go. So there you go. But you're losing a lot of blood. And he's trying to make that analogy for us to understand how important it is that we stay unified. The body has to be healthy. To do what? To carry the message of Christ. Now, how do we speak? Truth and love, you know, truth and love. Jump down, same chapter, to verse 29. Okay? This is important. Here's what he says. No foul language should come from your mouth. Now, everybody in the room goes, this, is, this means cussing. It might. But it means more than that. Because a lot of people go, like John, the guy I respect, this pastor, he would say, I don't, I don't curse, I don't cuss. But does he do this part? Now, all that foul language should come from your mouth. What's foul language? Well, but only what is good for building up someone in need so that it gives grace to those who hear if it's not good for the building up, so for instance, if you're believing something wrong or you're sinning or you're doing something that's hurting you or you're believing a false gospel, I should tell you out of love, even if it's hard to hear, it's like medicine. You need it to be healthy. But if I'm saying something just to tear you down to prove I'm right, any of those things, that's foul language. That's the measuring stick. What is the good for the other person that's coming from what you're saying? What's the good of posting on Corey Asbury's song, Vomit Face, this is garbage. Even if you believed that, let's say you believed he had false theology. He was wrong. And you were that serious, it was gospel. What should he probably do? Should he say, you're a piece of garbage, take your garbage and get out? Or he should say, brother, can I show you what the scriptures say here? Do you think that this makes sense? You get what I mean? But that's not how we do it. Instead, we go, blah. One of those comments, the hateful ones, I don't have it in front of me, but I looked, had 31 likes. The one above it that said, hey, we should stay unified, had nine. That tells you the state of the church, or at least the one speaking for us. If we don't start talking and saying we're not doing this anymore, they're going to keep speaking for us. And then we start thinking that's how we all think. But the truth is, 90% of y'all, you don't care if I have the temperature high. 
You don't care if I believe in this or that, right? You want to know, do I love Jesus? Do I believe in Jesus? Do I believe in the true gospel, right? But we let, when it becomes public, we let those things become some massive ordeal. I'm very passionate, and I'll battle forever when it comes to the truth of the gospel. I have no issue calling someone. But something I've learned over the last few years, and those of you who have been here a while know this, I very rarely, almost never call out a, a pastor by name. I will call out his teaching, but I will not call him out because I don't want to make a mistake, and he's just a mistaken son of the king, and someday I'm going to have to you know, deal with the fact that I've been trashing the son of the king. What good comes from destroying someone's heart? Even if it's wrong, shouldn't my goal be for them to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, the true Christ? And how is telling them a piece of, calling them a piece of trash or telling them they should die or vomit face helping that? It's not. And that, that's what we let them do, guys. And we all live in the anxiety of the culture they're creating. I've talked to so many of you who've been terribly hurt because somebody told you something and an entire church agreed with them that had nothing really, some scripture taken out of context. You did this in your past. I'm sorry, you can't be on the worship team. That's biblical. That's foolish. God's goal is always restoration. You understand that? Do you know what that means? No matter who it is, God's goal is restoring them and loving them and healing them and bringing them to a saving knowledge of him. It is. He'll handle the judgment. He'll handle the vengeance. He'll separate the goats from the sheep. He don't need our help. Unless the person is preaching a false gospel, right, or causing damage and being unrepentant, right? He's given us a way to handle those people, hasn't he? But it starts with us going to them and saying, hey, you're, you're making a mistake. Can you stop? No? Okay, we go up the line. It's a whole different topic. i got to keep going. I'm so excited. But only what is good for building up someone in need, so that gives grace. Oh, man, to those who hear. Man, how does it give grace? Interesting. It teaches grace to those who hear it. How we talk to each other teaches grace to those who hear it. Teaches God's grace. How does that make you feel? How about the way you talk to your spouse? Teaches somebody else, including your kids, the grace of God. What it does or doesn't look like. Just a little bonus for you. Keep going. All right. Don't grieve God's Holy Spirit. Uh Uh-oh. Where'd that come from? Don't grieve God's Holy Spirit. You were sealed by him for the day of redemption. So funny. People take that verse. They attach it to the one that says, grieve the Holy Spirit and you're unforgiven. Which, by the way, Jesus says, right, all sins can be forgiven except he who uh, sins against the Holy Spirit. They put them together. They're not. They don't mean the same thing. If you don't know what that is, cool. But in case you do, they're not the same. Here's the context. Don't grieve God's Holy Spirit. What grieves it? All right, let's think. You were sealed by him for the day of redemption. You've been changed. Here's what grieves him. Let all bitterness, anger, wrath, shouting, and slander be removed from you. Slander's gossip, along with all malice, and be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as God also forgave you in Christ. How often do we talk about that it grieves God's Holy Spirit when we are bitter and hateful and wrathful and slanderous towards other Christians? Do you think that way? You grieve his spirit. You sadden it. You upset the Holy Spirit when you do that. But I thought I'm I'm being the avenger. Saul the avenger became Paul the apostle. He didn't stay an avenger. God took his passion, right, and he used it. 
I told you, I've been to a counselor before, and he told me that. He said, hey, Todd, you're a justice. I had no idea what that means. You stand up for things. He said, that's great. And I was like, yeah, that sounds cool, man. It's like a superhero. He goes, yeah, Mother Teresa was a justice. I tell him, that's awesome. And he goes, so was Hitler. And I go, oh. It's all dependent on what, whether you're operating out of the Holy Spirit. God takes those things, right? I want you to remember that. Those people, what they said to Corey, like I know him personally. What they said to Corey, they're... What they said to him grieved God's Holy Spirit, but they're not talking about that. They grieved his Holy Spirit. They grieved it. It's not content in that kind of environment. Let's keep moving. I'm going to get to your list. I'm going to get to some tangible things. I'm telling you guys, this is just a setup. We're going to go deep into a few of these things over the next few weeks and uh, understand deeper how how it's happening. And how it's affecting us. If you uh, turn to Titus, this is another book that is very, very, we're going to go deep into this one, Tim, in a couple weeks. So people got to understand what this means. But today you're getting a little overview. Titus chapter 3, and we're looking at verse 1 right now. You just pull up the whole chapter if you want. All right. Remind them to submit to rulers and authorities, to, to, to obey, to be ready for every good work. Here we go again. This is Paul talking. He's talking to Titus. I guess I should give you the the context. He's talking to Titus because Titus is kind of helping set this other church up. And he's like, listen, this is what you have to remind them. The church has to look like this for it to be healthy. What's he say? All right, hey, tell them that they shouldn't be causing problems all the time, even if they don't agree with the authorities. They shouldn't be out there doing all that. They should also what? Slander no one. Avoid fighting and be kind, always showing gentleness to all people. Gentleness, again, is like kindness, being kind to all people. And this is big. For we, too, were once foolish, disobedient, deceived, enslaved by various passions and pleasures, living in malice. Malice is hate. Living in hate and envy. Hateful. Detesting one another. Well, that's interesting. Let's think about it. What does he say? If you're slandering someone and you're fighting and you're not kind and you're not, you're doing all those things, you are foolish, disobedient, deceived, enslaved by your passions and living in hatred. That's what it says, right? Am I wrong? Is that not the context? Give me a nod or a no. Or a don't do that. Some of y'all are sarcastic, right? You should at least pretend you're listening. It gets me through quicker. Right, Jill? You know that. But if, She doesn't sleep probably. But avoid. Jump down to verse 9. Here we go again. This one's big in the context. Was it? But avoid foolish debates. Stop. What would be considered a foolish debate? You know what I think? An argument over a song. I think that might be a foolish debate. Yeah? You think? Hmm. Genealogies. Hmm. What if I change that to denominations? Mic drop. No one? This is where if I'm from the South, I go, I don't get an amen. Are you with me, church? Yeah. Some of you are all scared to death. Yeah, me too. That's how I'm going to have to be if you're not listening. You want me to do that? No, you don't. Stop. But it's true, right? Foolish, void... Foolish debates, genealogies, quarrels, small things, disputes about the law. Ooh, disputes about what? Let's not argue over this minor thing if it gets in the way of what? Jesus. Here's something. Reject a divisive person after a first and second warning, for you know that such a person has gone astray and is sinning. He is self-condemned. You think that means just the building they're in? Divisive? No. 
We should not be divisive among believers. Now, again, this is important. We're going to talk about this. There are lines to be drawn. But you better be sure on what lines you're drawing. Is it a tribal line that you've decided, or is it a God line? Listen to those things, and let those things sink in for a second. I'm not used to this. By the way, my hand really does hurt. Anyway, for you know that such a, yeah, such a person has gone astray and is sinning, he's self-condemned. So I'm going to give this to you fast. How do we avoid this war? How do we start? What's our starting place? How do we start? How do we change the church? How do we bring it to people? How do we redeem the body? How do we, well, Christ redeems it, but how do we show that it's redeemed? How do we clean it off? How do we act the way we're supposed to act? Did you know we can change it? Are you waiting for the guy on TV to change it? He's not going to change it. What's the benefit? We have to change this. Not just today when you walk out of here. Are you going to do it or are you going to sit there and go, it's 1250. It's only 1235. I need to get out of here. If you're not listening to this, if this doesn't get you pumped up and ready to make change and fired up for what's happening, right, you've got to check your heart. People's lives, their eternities, right? God is certainly sovereign, but why would we misrepresent him? Wake up. That's why I kind of like them Southern churches, man. Everybody's excited. They're, you know, dancing around. And I don't know if you should do that, but like, man, they're listening. Here's you guys. That's what you all do, a lot of you. <clears throat> so how do we avoid the war? Here's your list. How do we take from all this, right? I'm going to try to put it all together for you. Boy, I hope it looks different up here. Is it going to look different or look like that? Okay, good. Number one, assume, okay, good. Boy, I can't tell how that looks. Yeah, all right. Number one, assume they are a brother or sister. Let God handle the separating. Unless they've changed, unless they're preaching a false gospel, adding something. See, y'all don't challenge some of the people you should challenge. There's people out there that say, if you don't speak in tongues, you're not a real Christian. They should be challenged. Not, see, it's not about the tongues. I care less. It's because you put a qualification on the kingdom. Right? Or the other way around. If you do this, you're not a believer. There's a lot of gray areas within the Bible, right? Something, we're all, we all have a little part of it wrong, and the Bible is leading us. we got to hold to the truths, and the areas that are gray, meaning there isn't direct... Um, guidance, right? We apply the best we can to Scripture and just know that we're going to be wrong on some of it. We can't be wrong on the important things, which is tending to happen when we make the little things more important than the important things. Like that. The fact that there are churches that do that and the, and the, the church community is like, yeah, amen, let them come on, let's hang out. But not that church that spends time together. That's wrong. I don't know why I did that kind of voice, but that's what it's like. All right? Assume they're a brother or sister. This is what I started doing. It's helping me. When I listen, I just listened to one of those uh, pastors that was on there. I told you I would. That guy, you know, Ryan, the one I said, I don't know about this guy. I went and listened to him. I still don't believe he's a false teacher. I get why people say it. I'm not ready to call this guy a false teacher. I don't see it. Right? He's being, here's the, I'm going to talk about this next week. This is so good. This is what I want our church to be. The church should be culturally relevant, but scripturally accurate. And there's people that go, if you're culturally relevant, you're of the world. You ought to worry about whether you're scripturally accurate. 
one. Assume they're so assume that they're a Christian and they're just mistaken. If they're claiming the name of Christ, assume they're a Christian at first. And that's why Jesus says if someone's sinning, go to them, right? And then go through this process because that process is going to show their heart eventually. Let God handle separating the unbelievers from the believers. I'm not saying let, you know, abusive people stand. You guys are smart. You get what I'm saying, right? We're not talking about let somebody come here and punch everyone and say he loves Jesus. And we say, yeah, have a seat, man. You can stay. That's not what I'm saying. Assume they're a brother or sister. Let God hands separating. Number two, when you're thinking about this war, is it beneficial? Is what you're doing or saying beneficial to the hearer? Does it help them become more like Jesus, push them towards Jesus, or does it make it harder for them to be like Jesus? Well, I'm just defending the truth. Is it helping them or harming them? Is it beneficial? Number three, how does this reflect Christ to the world? Because make no mistake, they're watching. Some of you all are, are like every other, you know, I, I'm glad you're here. But say you're a Christian in the room and you go to church every, you know, there's probably not people like Say it's Easter and you're an Easter Christian. That's great. People know that you go to church on Easter. They're going to immediately associate you with Christ. Isn't that wild? You're the, you only go then. They don't know that you only go twice a year. Three times a year. They go, oh, that's a church person. That's like Jesus. Well, look at him. Look at her. How does it reflect Christ to the world? Is what you're saying or doing or standing up for, does it draw us a line that Jesus tells us to draw, right? Because there is a line. Make no mistake. There is a line. We should not become so culturally relevant that we stop being scripturally accurate. And there are churches that are doing that. We're going to talk about it on both sides, right? <clears throat> How does it reflect Christ to the world? Because they're watching. How does that look? Remember that first comment? And this is exactly why I left the church. Even if that person's a believer, right? Because they can't put their belief. If they put their belief in Christ on humans, they probably never were saved. But let's say they were and they just walked away from the church because they're hurt. They're saved. Are they doing well out there? What does it say? Your enemy's prowling around like a lion looking for someone to devour. They're alone because they've been driven out. How does that look when they get on there? Maybe they're like, I just, you know, I hear you, Jesus. I want to come back. But now they see this insanity. Well, I know that I'm way worse than Corey Asbury. Sometimes I, you know, say crap on stage. So if they hate him, they're going to hate me, right? That's what we think. Don't say it isn't true. That's why we hide. If they attack that guy for that, if they knew my secrets, I'm getting killed, right? I don't want to be a part of that. We got to change it. Stop letting them be the loudest voice. Number four, and this is similar to number two, is it loving? Is it kind? Even if it's beneficial, are you saying it in a way that's kind and loving? Do you actually want what's good for them? Do you? Do you want what's good for them? Because if you're not, then you're grieving the Holy Spirit, right? Because even when you challenge a false teacher, it should be because you want good for everyone. Number five, this is this overarching, let God be God. Okay, I know you think he needs your help, right? Guy out there, I know you think he needs us to make sure that this church is going the right way. Listen, it's survived this long. God said he's going to finish the good work he started, right? He said that there will always be a true remnant of his people. That's where this name comes. It's not because we think we're special in you. We're going to talk about that too, right? That there's people following him. His church is still going to be his church. You cannot defeat it. Remember what he told Peter, even the forces of hell cannot prevail against it. 
We're only hindering ourselves. You got music? If you're going to come play some music, I want you to think about a couple things. I know we're going long today. <clears throat> but, man, if we're down south, we're just getting started. I'm from the south, so I can say this. Right? Guys, we got to stop the war. We got to stop this. We got to stop saying, well, you're in this tribe, you're in this tribe. No, we are in the body of Christ or we're not. The most important theological question you have to ask yourself to know whether you're in the body or not is this is one one thing. This is one thing. Is Jesus Christ Lord of your life? I didn't say perfect. I didn't say have it all together. I said, is Jesus Christ Lord of your life? Because that's the question that's going to matter the most. Do you know him and does he know you? Not know of him, know him. There's a lot of people that think they're champions for Christianity that I truly believe Jesus is going to say, get away from me, I never knew you. Those are the people that Jesus warned. Remember he said, did I not prophesy in your name? Did I not cast out demons in your name? Did I not do this and that? And he said, you know, I never knew you. You can know who he is and not know him. Let's take back the culture of the church. Do you want to do something real? I'm asking all of you, whether you're new or old, listen, I'm, we're going to do something crazy here. I'm done being safe again. You know, being safe didn't get us where we're at today. You know, my goal's always been, man, to, for really two groups of people. I want to take the church to the unchurched, the people that never feel like they're good enough to come in, and to some of you all in this room that fit this next category. You're the de-churched. You're the people that you believe the church said they don't want you anymore. And you've been roaming alone because they hurt you, and you think that's how Jesus feels about you, and it's not. That's, that's it. That's the mission of this place. And to learn to love each other and to grow and mature, let's take the culture back. I think we can. I think we can change. If we have a culture in this church that's healthy, guess what? Then we take it out. I think we can change the culture of this town. Some of you are like, no, you can't. I believe that. I believe that. I ain't saying it's a bad town, but I'm telling you, it's got some weird stuff in the church. I know. I was in it. Still ain't. <laughs> Let's take it back. And if we do that, we can take back the county. If we take back the county, maybe we can take back more than one county. If we take back more than one county, maybe we take the state. If we take the state, maybe we take another state. And if we do that enough, and there's churches all over this country doing this, we all meet in the middle. Before you know it, America's got real revival, not just a tent revival. Real, life-changing, gospel-empowered revival. I can't do it. Listen, I'll stand up here and I'll preach it and I'll take some of the arrows. It's going to happen. It's part, it comes with a job. But I need you to stand up too. They need to know that if they take me down, right, they can't take the truth down. Do we want to take it back? It starts with you. What are the areas in your life that you have to change? I know I do. Sometimes I'm so passionate about the gospel and the, and the ones that put limp, you know, qualifications on the gospel that I'm not very kind when I start fighting back. You know, that's kill or be killed. I'm not, you know, I always tell people, listen, you ain't from the jungle I'm from, right? And I have to remember that's not who I am anymore. We got to take it back. We got to start with each other. You got to start in this church. You got to start in your homes, in your marriages, with your kids, at work. You got to speak up when that pastor, remember what the other comment said? A lot of times it seems like this hate's coming from leaders. Why do we let them lead? 
just because they didn't have an affair, because they're not alcoholics, all of a sudden they're qualified? What does their life say about the gospel? Stop being silent. Stop letting the only thing you'll get loud about be homosexuality. Stop letting the only thing you'll be loud about is adultery. When are you going to start speaking up about pride and arrogance and hate? When is that going to happen? We got to do that. Otherwise, they're speaking for us. Right? It's like we got a bunch of crazy folks at the front of the sh- and everybody thinks they speak for us and we're going, wait, we don't even know those people. Are you willing to do that? Some of you need to repent today because you've added to that culture. Even in your arrogance sometimes. Are you always, are you the person who never learns from anyone because you know everything? You're adding to that culture. There's not a lot to it, guys. You know. Let's pray for true revival. Let's pray that the culture and the church changes. Let's pray that this church starts living it out. Not just calling everybody else out. We should be start with ourselves. If you're in the room and you're one of those people, it's like you come visit, man, please keep coming. But I'm going to ask you something. I need you. We need you. God doesn't, but we need you to do. Stand up. You're here for a reason and you keep coming for a reason. It probably ain't me, right? So if that's the Holy Spirit, it's time. Don't let those people make you scared that, well, if I do that, they're going to hurt me like the last church did. They're going to tell me I'm not good enough. Listen, if you're not good enough, I'm not good enough, so we'll both be packing our bags. If you're in the room and you don't know Jesus, that means the gospel's probably got confused by a lot of those people that are making those comments. The bottom line is God made everything. This is the good news of the gospel, and we're all sinners. And because we're sinners, we're separated from a holy God. It doesn't matter how good your life is. Some of you equate a good life, good family, good friends, good job, good money, good house, and you think that means you're a good person. It doesn't. You know, if, if, if the standard's Todd, I'm a better person than Todd, yeah, you get to heaven, but it's not. It's Jesus Christ. Remember, we measure against the fullness of Christ. And that's the truth. And we're all separated. Everyone has sinned. The guy on TV, the guy who acts like he hasn't, the person that hurt you in the church, they have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible tells us that. And because of that, this world is a mess. And we're doomed and we're hurting, and we're broken, and we're scared all the time. We're anxious because we know something's wrong. We're lonely. We're hurt, and we keep looking for something in all the wrong places. And someday when we die, and everybody's going to die, we're going to have to, we're going to have to, uh, we're going to have to give account for what we've done in this life, for the evil you've done, that I've done. There's a debt that's too big to be paid. The good news is God had a way. When we couldn't come back to him, he came to us. He invaded this earth. Jesus Christ is the son of God. He is God made flesh. He is who he said he is. He taught us how to live. He showed it here. Showed us what it's really supposed to be like, and he did something incredible then. He bridged the gap between us and God. And he did that by taking our place, by standing in front of the judge and saying, I will take their punishment. I give them the benefits of my life. Perfect. Never sinned. He died on the cross. It's a fact. Jesus of Nazareth died on the cross. Three days later, he was raised from the dead. Over 500 people witnessed this. 
He conquered death so that you can too, so that you can live in peace, so that not just in heaven someday, but now to be restored and healed and have a journey that's going to start changing your heart and healing your heart and making things the way they're supposed to be. Will it make everything perfect? No, but it's better. So how do you do it? It's not, a, it's not about being perfect. It's not about faking it. It's not about being like those Christians that who tell, you know, fighting over a song. It's really simple. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, if you confess with your lips and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and was raised from the dead, you will be saved. If you are in this room and have not done that, I don't care how many times you've gone to church, if you have not said it out loud, because if you're too ashamed to say it out loud, that says something about your heart, doesn't it? If you're in the room today and you can't say unequivocally that if you died today and stood before God, that he would say, right, welcome home, you're with me. If you can't say that, don't leave today. I'm not judging your, where you're at now. I don't care if you're sleeping with your girlfriend or boyfriend. I don't care if you're in addiction. All that stuff will come later. Are you willing to turn away from your life, from, from doing things your way, and come back to him? It's not that those things aren't important. It's just that he'll, he'll handle that. You have one decision to make today. Is he who he said he was? Will you tell him, God, I'm sorry for what I've done. I confess my sin. Give me the life that you offer me, please. If you do that, in the moment, you're sealed. Nobody can take it away. Take this moment. I know it's late. Focus. Let the Spirit speak to you. That quiet voice talking to you now, that's God. I'm telling you, I was you. Whatever you do, don't leave the same you came in because if you do, you're choosing to.